we look this morning, and uh, we will read again 1 Peter chapter 2, continuing on. And tonight we uh, have four commands that are given that we are going to be looking at, uh, hopefully to help us understand a little bit more. But tonight we will begin reading in verse number 9 and then read down through verse number 17. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to the governor as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praises of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that we can read from at this time. Thank you for allowing us to have a copy of it. Uh, in a language that we can read and understand. Thank you for the way that you have uh, preserved it. You have kept it so that, that we can open it tonight and know you. What a privilege it is to know you on a personal level. Um, it's, it's hard to even imagine why you would desire to, to know us, why you would love us. There's, there's no good reason why you should love us. Thank you that we can gather together in, in worshiping you, worshiping your name and in gathering together to encourage one another in our walk with you. Lord, as we come to these verses now, uh, may your spirit guide us that that it would be your spirit that is doing the, the leading, that there would be no distractions, that our focus would be on only you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we look this morning in, in verses 11 and 12 and 13 and how we are to be strangers and pilgrims. He goes on and he says that we are supposed to submit ourselves to every ordinance of man and talks about how we are to submit to our authorities, how we are to be under them. And in verse 17, he gives us four commands, kind of uh, uh, wrapping up this thought here. And these are the four commands that we are going to look at tonight. He starts out by saying that we are to honor all people or honor all men. This idea that he has in mind is that we are to place a high value on every man. We are to place a high value on them. When first reading this, that we are to honor all people, my thought initially was, well, not all people and not, not too many people deserve to be honored. You know, we often say, uh, this person, we are coming together today to honor this person, normally for a great achievement 
or maybe for a life of selflessness. But what is meant here is not just those who are deserving of it, but this is placing a high value on each person. Well, why should we place a high value on each life? Well, because we know that they are made in God's image and they are valuable to him. That's why no matter how young the life or how old the life or how profitable the life we may think, they are valuable in God's eyes. And understanding that, that we are to value each person. We've shared before, and and you've probably heard it places, of putting a 10 on everyone's head, meaning I am going to think the best of everyone. That is placing a high value on them. And it changes the way that we look at people. When we place a high value on them, it changes the way that we see them. Hey, they are created in God's image. They are valuable to him. They should be valuable to me. We should also place a high value on them because God sent his son to die for them. He didn't just send it for us. He didn't just send his son to die for those definitely not who were deserving of it because he would have never sent his son. But God sent his son to die just as much for whoever as he did for us. So clearly God places a high value on them. But then we also see in this verse that it is something that is commanded of us. He doesn't say if they are deserving of it, if you feel like it, um, if they are exceptionally kind to you, that show them value or show them honor. No, it's just honor all people, honor all men. So it is a command, and we see in the book of Matthew that, that Jesus commanded us Not only should you love your neighbor and love those who love you, but we are commanded to love our enemies. So to place a high value on them, one other reason why we should place a high value on everyone is because in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, it says, Therefore, whatever you would desire that men would do to you, Do also to them, for this is the law and the prophet. Many times in reading that verse, we think of that means refraining from doing evil to someone. And that that is a part of it, but it also means uh, as you desire people to do good to you, so you ought to do good unto them. So we desire of other people to value us. Um, And many times we say, well, they don't know how valuable I am, especially as a, maybe as an employee to, to the employer. Well, they don't know how, uh, how valuable I am. But are we placing a high value on everybody that we come in contact with? Think about this. The lives that you have come in contact with this week, have you placed a high value on them? Have you honored them in that? Or have there been some that you have looked down upon, some that you have maybe turned your back on a little because you didn't see the importance of them? He starts out by saying, honor all men, but then he goes on and he says that we are to love the brotherhood, that we are to love the brotherhood. This is the love that he is referring to here is a continual love. 
It is not a one-time thing that in joining the church that you show love to the brother. But it is a continual thing, one that does not have an end. That as long as we are here, and certainly in eternity, that we are to be showing love to the brotherhood. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, We know that we have passed from death unto life. Because we love the brethren, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So Peter is calling and giving us four commands here. And in this verse, it says that we know that we have passed from death to life because of the love that we have for one another. You know, the fact that we are all gathered here together tonight, there's a lot of different personalities. There's a lot of different passions, a lot of different likes. Um, and normally speaking, a group like this would not just gather together for the fun of it. We are gathered together because of our unity in Christ, because of our love for Christ, which then causes us to love one another. And as we see, God has placed a high value on each life. I need to place that high value and it gives us a love for one another. Turn over to, uh, John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and verse 34. John chapter 13 and verse 34. Here says, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another that they know that we are followers of Christ because we have love for one another. And boy, I'll tell you what Jesus says here that love one another as I have loved you. Boy, that is, that is not a light love. So how has Jesus loved us? Well, He loved us when we were in rebellion against him. It wasn't that we loved him and then he loved us. We know that we love him because he first loved us. So in thinking about that, we are to show love to one another, even when they are at their most unlovely. So even, even when someone here, and I know no one would ever do this, but Maybe someone here rubs you the wrong way. That is an opportunity for you to show them the love of Christ. Because of your love for God, that you love them even when they are unlovely. But we see that Jesus, even in our rebellion and our hate of him, God so loved the world that he gave. It caused him to give. Out of love for one another, it will cause us to give. In Hebrews 13 and verse 1, he challenges and says, Let brotherly love continue, that it would continue on and on and on. Um, So that we are to love one another. And so how have you this past week shown love to your fellow Christians? Some of you have done it by uh, maybe helping with the wedding. Some of you have done it maybe in visiting people. Some of you have done it in maybe writing encouragement cards. 
But how have you shown love to your fellow followers of Christ this week? And then how do you plan on showing love this coming week? As we talked about this morning, a good deed is one that is done with the right motive. So this next week, out of love for God, how do you plan on showing love to the body? How do you plan on being obedient in this area? But it goes on in 1 Peter chapter 2, and it says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God. We can never value people the way that we should, uh, unsaved or fellow believers, if we do not have a great fear of God. Fear God. We know it's commanded of us. We know that we should fear God. But why should we fear him? Well, first of all, he is God. He alone is God. He is the creator. He is the one who is in control. And it's easy to think, oh, yeah, I know. In the beginning, God created. He's the one that created. But bring it down. He is the one that is in control of things that are happening right here. He is the one that is in control of things that are happening in our nation. He is the one who is in control of all the political, what we would say, mess. He alone is God. And he is deserving of all of our reverence, all of our fear, and all of our praise. Nothing happens without his approval. He alone is God, and he is worthy of our reverence and fear. We should also fear him because he alone, being God, he alone is the judge. In Matthew 10 and verse 28, it says, Don't fear those that can only kill the body but cannot touch the soul, but fear him who is in control of both body and soul. That God alone is judge. He sees everything and he knows And that can be a great blessing or it can be uh, something that is very worrisome. If I'm doing what is right, God sees and he is going to reward. If I am not doing what is right, that's when great fear comes in of, of what is going to happen. In Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man, for God will bring every work into judgment with the secret thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. What was Solomon saying? Here's the conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments because he alone is the judge. With him being the judge, he is holy and we know he must punish sin. He is holy and must punish sin. But then we also must fear him because we we see that it fulfills the great commandment. Love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And fearing him, having a great reverence for him, fulfills the great commandment. So Peter says four things. Honor all men or place a high value on all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and he says, honor the king. Here he comes back to this subject of the authorities, the the human authorities that we have. Once again, this is a showing respect for his authority 
the respect that his position deserves. So um, any authority in your life, maybe the, the man himself in that authority position is not deserving of the respect. But he says, as service to God, we are to honor the king. In verse 13 of chapter 2, it said, Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to the governor as those who are sent by him for the punishment of evil, for the praise of those who do, do good, that we are supposed to submit to those in authority for the Lord's sake, doing good for his name's sake. Obviously, that this means that we are to honor those in authority unless it goes directly against God's word. That is the, the defining line of if they are asking us to do something that goes against God and his word, then we are to show them honor and respect because it's commanded and because God has placed them in authority over us. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So God is the one that has placed those authority, and as hard as that is to, to accept some time of, well, they are in that position because God has allowed that, we need to show the proper respect that God is the one that has placed them there, he has done it for a purpose, and we know that God is good. Maybe we don't understand all of it, but that's enough for us right there. If God wants us to know more, he will show us. So one way that you can honor the king or honor those in authority is by praying for them. How many of you have a hard time praying for our president? It's difficult, isn't it? But if we think about it, one, God tells us that we are to pray for those in authority. And who else needs our prayer more, more than our, the leader of our country? We can disagree with things that he does, things that he says. But are we praying for him that his heart would be transformed so he would make better decisions? So one way that we can honor those in authority, and it's not just our president, it's any authorities that you might have in your life, is praying for them. So this week I encourage you to pray for those that are over you, to take them and take their name, and I'm going to try to focus this week and really, really pray for them. I want to show the proper respect that maybe they themselves don't deserve, but God has placed them over me for a reason. As we were reminded this morning in the first part of this passage, this world is not our home. We are just passing through. We're pilgrims and strangers, and our good deeds are what will lead others to see and glorify God. So Peter wraps this little section up by saying, place a high value on everyone's life. Love your fellow believers. Live in the fear of God and show respect and honor to those in authority. As we try to do this, as we try to live this out this week, we're going to run into difficulties. There's going to be 
Maybe even tomorrow the authorities over you will really make it difficult for you to show honor. But remember, this is a command that we have been given and that as God commands, he also gives us the strength to obey. He gives us his spirit to help us obey. So we are going to start by being obedient to one of these commands now. We are going to take time to pray for not just our authorities, but to pray for for any burden that God brings. But we do want to pray for our authorities tonight to be uh, obedient to this command. And uh, the guys are going to get the mics, but we want to take time to stop. Have any of you complained this week? I know I have. So we have things that we can pray about, don't we? Making our request known to God. You know, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So here is an opportunity that we have as a, as a body to come boldly to his throne. And so as the Spirit taps you on the shoulder or 